So this is Jessica with Visalia's podcast, and I am here with Heather Jans. We are at Bravo Farms in Traver, and it's a beautiful day out here. So let's get to the interview. everyone. This is Heather Walker-Jans here. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in Fresno County. I'm the president of the Central San Joaquin Valley chapter of the California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists. And today we're going to talk about mental health. You can find out more information about me at www.heatherjans.com. That's heatherjans.com. So Heather, what does mental health mean for women today? Jessica, mental health today in in 2018 and 2019 is a lot different than we may have thought before. There's so much stigma about getting mental health treatment and we forget what it is really for. So when a woman goes and gets mental health treatment, she is able to connect with someone in a non-judgmental way. Uh, What happens is you are able to talk about the problems in your everyday life and then get feedback about what's interfering with your life. You may come to recognize things that you couldn't see from from the outside and a, a therapist can help you to build some skills to better cope with what what you're dealing with. And when we go to our friends, you know, our sisters, our moms, our coworkers, and we tell them about our problems, our friends may want to immediately defend us and say, oh, like, I'm going to go to bat for you and you need to get that person out of your life. But they don't really have any um, applicable skills to coach you in. And a therapist can help you do that. It's really important that we try and work on our communication with one another. Uh, In 2018, we primarily use social media to communicate with our loved ones. If we want to encourage them, we like a picture or a post. If we don't like something, we private message them and, and get on their butts about it. But we really need to work on our verbal communication skills, our nonverbal communication skills at home. Um, you know, touch, hugging, loving, talking to each other in person and telling one another our needs. That's what's really going to help our relationships with people and help us to get through tough times. Wow, that's that's amazing. And it's true. You have to have like a third party, right? And I mean, I'm going to admit it. I went to therapy. I loved it. And I tell people it's funny. I tell people I like going and then I need to go actually go back because it's just fun to talk. And you bring up issues that you never even thought about. I remember... She actually told me, she goes, Jessica, you need to be proud of your accomplishments. And I've always been the kind of person who's like, okay. And I actually told her, well, I just graduated from Fresno State, you know, like whatever. She's like, no, no, no. We're going to, yeah, she goes, just, she goes, we're going to change that. So what do you hear from other women like our age that you're like, oh my goodness, you need to stop saying that. Well, again, going back to living in this world online and social media, there's so much competition. And we often feel like we have to look the best, 
have the best vacation photos. Our children have to be dressed up and be the cutest online. And we don't have any time to breathe. We don't have any time to be real human beings. And it's not realistic. We can't live up to that kind of lifestyle all the time. And we start to feel bad inside. And then those negative messages come up and saying, I'm bad, my life is bad because it looks like everybody else is having this grand time on social media. So uh, by, by getting mental health treatment, you are able to get that validation about being a human being and you can talk about real life things without having so much judgment. It's okay to celebrate once in a while and share the happy times and the positive moments, but we need to be real with each other as women and get to a point where we can be comfortable sharing our everyday lives and stop putting that judgment on one another. That's true. That's very true. Well, thank you so much. I mean, what what should a woman do if they're listening to this and they're thinking, you know what, should I go get therapy? How do I even start? How do I find a therapist? That's a good question. So first of all, I want to let everybody know that, you know, therapy was developed for rich people in Europe. Many, many years ago, um, you may remember the name Sigmund Freud, uh, people paid him cash to come and see him and it was more of a luxury. But today, thankfully to different laws that have been passed, including the healthcare law, mental health has to be treated in the same way that physical health is. So your insurance will cover mental health treatment if you have a mental health diagnosis. So if you do have health insurance, you're just gonna look on the back of your insurance card and call that number and let them know that you want mental health treatment. And then they will send you a list of in-network therapists and then you can go from there and sort through um, whether or not you want male or female or this approach or that approach. Uh, For me, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist and I really focus on uh, behavior and short-term goals, but every therapist has a different approach. Uh, I do want to mention that we have a mental health shortage in the valley, so we don't have enough mental health therapists to really serve everybody that needs it. And that is another issue that um, I'm working on in the Association of Marriage and Family Therapists. And we're trying to really encourage all of the schools out here to continue um, training and and graduating students from diverse backgrounds so that we have uh, mental health therapists at a larger availability in the future. And where did you go to school? So you, I mean, okay, before that, how did you even say, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to get into mental health. And because if I would have known about this at a younger age, I think I would have loved to be a therapist. that's a great question. There are many reasons why people might get into the field of marriage and family therapy. For me, it was personal experiences, but it was also uh, what I encountered when I started working. So um, my father was a Vietnam vet and faced problems with PTSD, and we saw firsthand how difficult it was to get him treatment. You know, we had to drive hours to the nearest VA just for him to be able to get the help that he needed. Um, There are other mental health problems in my family, and I was able to get mental health services at an early age and learn how they can benefit. And, um, you know, mentoring from an outside perspective and getting those coping skills early on was really important. Where where was this? How old were you or where was this located? 
Um, I that was when I grew up in Stanislaus County, so I I was very young. I want to say like seven or eight years old when I started in therapy, uh, and then when I worked in in high school, I worked in after school programs with the Parks and Recreation Department, and I saw that students weren't able to play and to do their homework when they were dealing with problems at home, mental health problems, family problems, and I decided then and there that I was going to study psychology and go on to marriage and family therapy. So I actually took a psychology class in high school, which was really cool. Goodness, I mean, that's a huge difference because I, I grew up in Visalia, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's a huge stigma, right, in Visalia. I, I don't want to just throw them under the bus, but <laughs> people listening to this are probably going, yeah, that's true. In Visalia, if you say, like, I go to therapy or I went to mental health, they're like, oh, she's cuckoo, you know. But if you stand with law seven years old, that's great because if something were to happen to you later in life, then it's not going to bog you down as much. So I feel like people are were older, right? Mm-hmm. And, if, and I think they have a hard time admitting, I need help. Yeah. Is, do you think that's true? I think we certainly do. And when there's that medical side to it, like where we feel like we're getting treatment, it feels like there's something wrong with us, but it's not. I want you to look back and see it as it's coaching, it's Um, self-improvement. It's just going in just like you would go to the the doctor and get a checkup every year. Go in and get a mental health assessment just to see where you're at and see if you need a tune-up because it's really not that big of a deal. If we all take care of our mental health, we all have happier, healthier lives. And it's, I mean, on the way over here, I actually heard that song, uh, Man in the Mirror. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's true. I mean, if you want to make the, the change, you can take a look at yourself. Yeah. And it's, I, I feel like every person should take a look at themselves. I mean, I look at myself and I know I have uh, issues and I have downfalls. And it's nice sometimes if I, I tell my friends, hey, you know, tell me, be honest with me. But having that therapist to be honest with you, you can get mad at the therapist, right? And you don't have to get mad at your friend. Yeah. So your dad, Vietnam vet, PTSD, my father as well, Vietnam vet, PTSD. So we'll talk about that quick break and we're going to talk about our fathers. So Heather, my father is a Vietnam vet. I'm very proud of that. I always tell everybody I'm a proud daughter of a Vietnam vet. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. Uh, My dad was a a really big role model in my life and taught me a lot about public service and taking care of our neighbors and our friends. And, um, you know, I really am proud of the service that he gave and your father gave to this country. Yes. Well, thank you for that. And what do you think makes us different? Because I see daughters of Vietnam vets. And I mean, like I saw you, I actually posted on Instagram. I'm like, I saw Heather and it felt like, like we're long lost sisters. Cause you have that connection. You have that understanding of, oh my gosh. I'm like, I don't want to get emotional, but like, I mean, I've seen things. I've, I've heard stories from my friends, their fathers with PTSD. And it's not easy having a father with PTSD and to see him deal with that. And, and to know that when they were, you know, when they came back from Vietnam, Vietnam, they weren't welcome. And, and my dad actually says, when you see a Vietnam vet, what do you do, Heather? What do you tell a Vietnam vet? Thank them for their service, absolutely. And you tell them, welcome home, right? Because no one welcomed them home. Um, what do you think makes us different? Are you different? Because you are a daughter of Vietnam vet, other than public service. Well, I want to say that there's the component of being hard- hardworking and uh, not making excuses for yourself. No matter what has happened to you, at the end of the day, you still take care of your family and you work really hard. So um, I've always made sure that uh, when things get hard, I just work harder. 
Um, and then of course we have to take care of ourselves, but we take care of other people. We don't leave anyone behind, right? So um, I think I easily fell into this selfless kind of work where I want to take care of other people, be in the helping profession because, you know, I had experiences like where, you know, at, at the beginning of the day before we even eat, we'd go and take a burrito to a homeless vet down by the, by the river and eat with them and talk with them and hear their story. And so it, it's just ingrained to help other people. Yeah. And I think that's what we have in common. We just want to help people. And, um, my dad, he, he raised me the same way. I remember, I tell people this, I said, you know what my bedtime stories were? I remember my dad be putting me asleep. He like, oh yeah, mija, I remember in the jungle and I'd see these translucent green um, snakes. And he's like, oh yeah, and then one time we went to a village and, and oh my goodness, it looked like ground beef. And I was like, what do you mean ground The brains, like these were my stories growing up. So I tell people, look, I knew about war. Mm-hmm. I knew about the, the, their life at a young age. And that taught me a lot about veterans. I respect veterans. I mean, like no other. Um, and what do, you, what do you feel about that? So, Jessica, what you're talking about is the trauma that veterans faced in serving war. And trauma is something um, that is new to to vets, right? They didn't know what it what it was called before, um, maybe shell shock or something like that. But now we put a word to it and it's trauma and it can be treated. And we, so we want to make sure that we remove the stigma that we remind people that, that strong people can ask for help. Um, just like if one of your buddies was, was hurt and laying on the ground, you would help them. You know, if you saw them physically hurt, if you see one of your buddies mentally hurt, you encourage them to get help. You show them the way, you direct them to where they need to go, tell them about the good therapists and the good doctors because we don't leave anybody behind and we need to recognize trauma and acknowledge that it has to be treated and can be treated. And I read somewhere that you actually helped uh, bring awareness to the VA system, um, something like that. Was that true? Uh, yes. So there was there was a, a real problem with veterans being able to get treatment uh, because of the shortage of mental health therapists. So. Um, within the association that I'm a part of and then just advocating in general, I've tried to encourage our government leaders to increase the amount of mental health workers um, for for government programs. So for, for vets and for Medicare, we need more therapists to be able to provide the treatment. So we wanna add marriage and family therapists as as people who can provide that certified treatment. So yes, I've advocated for that. Well, thank you. I, I mean, that's actually what I read that. And I said, what, who, wait, who's this person? And it's funny. Cause I was like, Andrew Jans, that's cool. I mean, but Heather, right. I mean, she did this for the VA system. Um, I actually have my father's hat and I wear it when I go canvassing because I tell them, you know why I'm doing this for my father. He's a Vietnam vet. And then people go, Oh really? And I mean, that's engraved, right? Like, that's like in our blood. Um, so PTSD, I'm glad we talked about that. It's a, I mean, Every day you can hear about mental health in some form. You hear it on a commercial, um, on, you see it on TV, or you hear about your friend on, on Facebook, oh, my anxiety, my depression. Mm-hmm. When someone types that and, and they say, I have anxiety or my depression, what, what do you think in your head? I think that's perfectly normal. We are all humans and we all experience depression and anxiety at some time. The problem is that we don't have the coping skills to manage the anxiety or depression. And so we feel awkward. We feel out of place. We don't know how to deal with it. And in today's times, we we use negative coping skills like 
drowning ourselves in social media or turning to drugs and alcohol to cope because we don't really have the skills to get something through um, that's hard. So what I tell my clients is that you just need to learn a few more life skills and then when you recognize that anxiety or depression, you'll be able to respond in, in really easy, positive behavioral ways so that you don't have to numb it away and wait for it to grow and come back later. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's just you, you need to learn a few basic life skills and you'll avoid those crises. And things like depression and anxiety aren't permanent. You can manage it. You can make it go away if you, if you go and seek out the help. That's great. Well, thank you so much. And we're going to just talk a little bit more about what you're doing right now currently. And just quick break. So you're really busy with a the campaign. There's one week left and I'm, I'm so excited. I feel like it's Christmas, you know. Um, I actually I went to go get, put some gas and uh, the guy goes, oh, are you, are you on your way to work? And I go, well, I'm going to go talk to someone. I'm going to interview someone. He goes, about what? I said, oh, you know, her husband's Andrew Jans. And he goes, oh, he goes, oh my goodness. He goes, when do I vote? And it's funny because I was like, what do you mean when do you vote? November 6th, you know what I mean? So you're busy with that. So what are you doing, you know, other than the campaign? What? What do you do for fun, actually? I mean, oh, that's a good question. What do I do for fun? I do make sure to build in self care. So um, that makes me think about one of my other projects I have called Help Yourself University, um, where I actually put a put out a free course online on how to manage your time and make small moments for self care. So you can watch that. Um, is it a website? It or? is a website. It's just helpyourselfuniversity.com, but you can find a link through heatherjans.com. And, uh, but basically, I make the point that no matter how busy you are, if you don't make time for play and self-care, then you will burn out. So um, I have had small moments. Uh, last Friday, actually, I drove up to Shaver Lake just with my dogs and uh, stayed there for an hour and a half, just walked around and took in the the beautiful sights because um, I needed to take that moment for myself, even though we are so busy with this campaign and I'm still treating clients and I'm still president, I have to make sure to take that time. So I did that on a Friday morning because our weekends are packed with campaign events and I'm seeing clients during the week. Um, But I do want to say that you know, 18 months ago when we got into this election uh, to the campaign, it was very hard to decide how I would spend my time and, um, you know, being president of the association and wanting to put mental health first, I had to think about how Andrew's campaign was going to affect my life and what it would mean for me. And I really saw that um, the work that he could do in a congressperson's seat could um, be work that would take me years and years of lobbying government leaders um, to put mental health first. That would take me forever. So um, if, if he and other people who support mental health are in that seat, then they would be sponsors and co-sponsors of bills that are important to the Central Valley and important to mental health. So um, I did decide that I was going to spend my time on the campaign supporting him because I believe in what he does. Um, now, I am someone who also still enjoys the work I do in mental health. So I, I want to keep treating people. Um, that, that's my number one thing uh, that I enjoy doing. Yeah. Honestly, I enjoy my work so much. 
So I will continue treating people. I do a little bit of teletherapy now where people can actually see me with an app on their phone. Um, it's a secure video conferencing app. And so I'm, I'm able to do work on the road as well, which is really neat. That's convenient for a lot of people who are busy, but you're right. You got to make time for yourself. Um, I actually consider doing this podcasting my, like my passion, right? And it's fun for me. I'm like, oh my goodness, I get to lead the kids with, with dad or with my gra- with grandma and then I'm going to go have some fun, talk some adult talk. So this is fun for me. I love this. And I actually tell people, look, if you're going to go into a career, do something that fuels that passion that you're excited to do. Do you think that's good advice to give someone so then in the long run, they're not burnt out? Yes. And you can burn out of any job, even if you love it, if you don't have balance. But um, I think you should choose a job that you, you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, also, some people don't have that, that luxury and that choice. And I say, um, then you can still, you know, you have a job um, that's just a means to living. And that's okay, too. As long as you love the life outside of the job. And that's where if the job is bad and the life is bad, you need to go to therapy because some priorities need to be changed and you'll get the help to go in the right direction. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I think that's why I am so supportive of the campaign because you are into mental health. And um, I mean, there's a lot of statistics I read for Tulare County. Um, there's a lot of people who are not on medication who should be. Uh, there's a lot of people who are not getting therapy and they should be. And I can kind of feel it sometimes like if I'm out and about driving and you can see the people, how they drive and how they act with you. So what's a good way to be an example for other people when it comes to taking care of yourself? Like right now, whoever's listening to this, should they, you know, tell, you know, their husband or or call their mom or their dad and say, you know, can you watch the kids for 30 minutes? So I can go take a walk. Like what's what's a good suggestion? Well, remember that we are a whole person and there's not just one way to take care of ourselves. I hear a lot of um, women say, oh, I'm going to go get my nails done. That's my self-care. But really, how much does that actually change your life? You need to realize um, psychologically we care for ourselves, educationally, um, physically, uh, family-wise. So yes, if you need a break from your kids, you need to communicate. You need the help. If you haven't been taking care of your body, if you've been poisoning it, if you haven't been exercising, you need to make time for that. And if you are are lacking educationally, maybe all you do is work and and watch your family, then go get a book from the library because that is self-care as well. So look at the whole person and see where you're lacking. Uh, you can find information about the whole person self-care again on my time management website. I think I added that handout on there. Well, you know, I actually, we met at the arts consortium and NAMI, right, is there and yes. therefore um, a mental health. It's nice because they have their, their group meetings there and I've never been to one. I want to go check it out. And so this is in Visalia Arts Consortium. And they actually told me that, you know, the city's considering, you know, taking out the building. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, do you understand how the arts helps people in so many ways? When I went to Fresno State, I actually took some classes on art therapy mm-hmm. and we would go to these uh, low income communities and work with the children. And I mean, oh, sometimes they would draw pictures of things that I had to call CPS. So I feel like what I mean, should cities take away? I mean, centers that are around art i mean wow you know i don't know their reasoning behind it but we definitely need to have a recreation in our community it is very therapeutic and allows a space for us to get what we need 
Um, I, I worked in a community-based program where I went to the schools and to the homes to provide treatment, and I saw the homes that many of our young people live in, and it is terrible. You would not send your children there for any reason, but this is all the family has access to for housing and a park or uh, a museum or an art center is where our young people can escape. And if that is taken away, then where do you think they're gonna go? To the streets. And whatever's on the streets is what they'll play with. So I, I certainly think that we need it and we need to make it a priority. And how do you feel about NAMI? Oh, NAMI's an excellent resource. So the National Alliance um, of Mental Health, uh, they have groups uh, for, for people who have family members with mental health problems. You can go and get support. They have additional resources in your community. And NAMI, NAMI is nationwide, so you can find um, a lot of help out there with NAMI. Yeah, and that's why I was sad that so the Arts Consortium, like they have classes every day for free, mm -hmm. painting and ceramics, photography. And so when they told me, yeah, like the city is going to sell this and we have nowhere to go. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I actually told him, like, you need to talk to Heather Jans. I said, because she would bring awareness to this. And I think that's the purpose I wanted to talk mm -hmm. to you, to bring awareness to Visalians that we need to really focus. I mean, they took away the Enchanted Playhouse. And I mean, that was heart-wrenching because I remember when I was little, I'd go to the plays. That was my outlet. I remember going with my friends and actually I participated in live theater a couple times. Um, I wasn't the actor. I was behind the scenes. I like being behind the scenes. And so that helped me mentally. And if I'm, if, man, if I didn't have the Enchanted Playhouse, if I didn't have um, art centers, if I didn't have the library, and now thankfully we have like Imagine You Museum and wow where would I be now you know and yeah. and so um are you excited for the future if you know you are you know the future wife of a congressman you know what do you see well in response to what you're talking about um and and, and wanting to make change in our communities uh absolutely I would be excited about opportunities for making change and when I when I was talking about life skills earlier and and feeling like you can positively cope I mean, that's what we do as leaders as well. Awareness is just one step to making change. And then somebody has to step up and be a leader and, and come together with others to problem solve on what options we have as a community. And then from there, the leader has to propose that the option and then there's the last step of following through and making sure say a bill gets passed so that we or um you know a proposition gets passed so that we can have these types of resources in our community i'm excited about the opportunity um, to be a leader and for my family to be a part of making change for our community and district 22. that's great and you know to just sum it up uh, i went to that paint night that's where we met mm -hmm. and that was the first time i ever did a paint night and i had so much fun i i feel like every person should do a paint night i mean maybe it was the wine but but it was just fun i took my son and we had a lot of fun so have you ever done a paint night before or anything yes we actually held a paint night at my board uh training and retreat for the for the the central san joaquin valley of uh marriage and family therapists so i had that as part of our, our retreat because it is uh rewarding you get to connect with your neighbors you get to see how um, you each interpret art in different ways and how it translates from your body into the 
to the paper to the canvas and it, it is beautiful if i didn't have arts consortium i would have never experienced paint night and uh who was it? steve woods steve woods was the one who put it on and i told steve i said oh my gosh like seriously we need to have another paint night after the election so maybe we can go painting together heather <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think everybody should should take a moment to plan for those those paint nights, those walks in the park, anything that's going to help you connect with people in person and communicate. It's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. And any last words for for the people? I mean, one week left to vote. What is how do you feel about voting? And, you know, tell me about that. I mean, I think voting is a way uh, for you to feel like you are a part of something and that your, you know, your life and what's important to you is important to the people of our country. And so I think it's important to take the initiative to vote so that you are a part and accountable for what happens in our government as well. Um, for those who are really hopeless and they feel like things are just going to stay the same forever and ever, if we don't pay attention, if we don't step up, then they will just stay the same. But if you take action, even one small step like voting, all of us together can make a difference. When all of us participate, that's when it works. So please show up and please cast your votes. Thank you. And this is coming from some daughters of Vietnam vets. So we're like... That's, that's why I tell everyone. I say, I'm a daughter of a Vietnam vet, so you got to listen to me. No. <laughs> well, thank you, Heather. Yeah, but we all have to serve. We all have to show up. Thank you for listening. Thank you. This is Emmanuel from Emmanuel's Automotive. Thank you for listening to Visalia's podcast. And remember, for all your automotive needs, visit us at Emmanuel's Automotive. You can reach us at 559-409-2133. Thank you.